At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 236. My name's Turner Sparks. I'm Michelle Kaplan. Wow, look at that. Is that Creole or what language are you busting out <laughs> That's there? a little French? That's my French. It can be Creole too. I don't know if there's a difference in the name Michelle, but we'll find out we'll later. Find out. You can yes. find me at turnersparks.com. I'm touring all this fall. If the Delta variant doesn't screw it up, I will be all over Texas, Northern California, Oregon, uh, Oklahoma, North Carolina, and New York City when I'm not all in all those other places every single night. Turnersparks.com for tickets. Also, you can... Find Kaplan at Cap in America on all social media platforms on the podcast today. Kaplan, we're talking about Haiti. We're yes. talking about the assassination of the president, but more than just what's been going on since then. Everybody, everybody did their story like July 7th. Everybody. You Every know, podcast they, did their Haiti assassination and we, story. We said we're going to wait a month. Yeah. Let it shake out. Yeah. On purpose. It's it, right. We did that. Everything we do is on purpose. It all yes. has. A, there's always a master plan be, behind our motives. So. We're going to wait a month and now nobody's doing the story anymore and, and see what happens. So I want to know what's going on with the government, where uh, where it's going now without a president who's taking over, why the president was killed, who killed him. Tons of tons of questions to answer. But before that, oh, and our guest, uh, TJ, uh, great standard comedian in New York City from 80 coming up later. But Kaplan, before that, if you yep. like this show. The best people are telling us they like it. We did a live podcast on Saturday night, which was not recorded. No, on purpose. So therefore, it wasn't really a live podcast, <laughs> but it was a live show. It was fantastic. Oh, right. It was the best one of these we've ever done. We did it, we did it with uh, Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy, Andrew Heaton, everybody from the world's smartest podcast network at Stand Up New York Comedy Club in New York City. It was a blast. And uh, I don't know if why don't, I'm saying that. If you that. don't record a podcast, is it still a podcast? This is a great philosophical question. That's a great question. Point is, subscribe to, if you like this show, subscribe to us on Patreon. For $5 a month, you get three extra episodes of just me and Cap every single week yeah. doing, uh, doing our comedy show, Live from the Bunker. And, and we had a ton of Live from the Bunker fans at the show. Bunker boys. Saturday. A lot of Bunker boys. A lot of Bunker boys. Yes. <laughs> And girls. And so. yeah, there was another. Oh, oh, I'll find the other name later. Someone else. One of our listeners came up with a name for the female bunker boys. I, oh, I can't okay. remember it, but I'll come up with it. <laughs> so uh, go to patreon.com slash lost in America starting at five dollars a month. And then for twenty dollars a month, we'll read whatever ad you whatever you want us to say. We'll take one minute of this show and say it. So we have ads coming up 
from a bunch of subscribers later in the month. That's the best way to support us. Kaplan, um, is there any other announcements I missed or is that it? I believe I that's it. That's it. All right, let's get to today's show. So on July 7th, the president of Haiti was assassinated. Um, here's what I know. I know that he was assassinated by a bunch of Colombians mm. and a couple of Americans. Yeah, and a maybe some other people. But here's what I don't know. Who paid those? These were mercenaries. You know, these guys will kill whoever you want. You just give them a little cash. And yeah. I think proof of that is, I, from what I heard, they weren't even sure who they killed. They didn't know it was the president when they went in and killed him. Yeah, no, I saw an interview with the, with the widow. The first lady survived the attack. I think she was supposed to be killed, but they thought she was dead, so they let her go or something. And she overheard them talking on the phone saying, having the person describe to them, like to make sure they got the right guy, like oh, he's, a, he's a thin, black, like he was under the bed. And, you know, that makes, that makes me think they didn't know they were killing the president. Maybe they didn't get enough money. We, we, we don't know how much they were paid. Well, the issue is, yeah, if you're going to if you're hiring someone to kill the president, you're going to have to pay him a lot of money. Yes, that's what I was getting. But at. if you're hiring someone just to kill a guy, it's probably cheaper. It's so a lot it's cheaper. in their best interest not to tell him it's the president. Right. Yeah. And now, and now, obviously, if you're not if you're any if you have any common sense and you go into a compound in Haiti, I imagine there's not tons of these compounds that look like the presidential compound. You should figure it out eventually, even if you're not from there. And minimum, it's a wealthy guy. <laughs> a minimum, it's important. Yes. Yeah. But so, here's what I don't know. They, I, I want to know how they got in that night, because I assume he has security guards. I assume he's in a gated community, something of this sort. I don't know how they got in. Um, it, and it, I don't know. And then who's coming up next? What, what happens now? Cap, you go ahead. No, I was going to say, it seems like the security guys either are not trained at all or we're in on it is my is my read on the situation, because they seem like they went in, you know, like you got to fake it. If you're if it's an inside job, you got to at least return some fire and pretend like yeah. you weren't letting the guys in. It seems like there was no scratches on anybody. So that's how I oh, the mercenaries went, went uns. Oh, oh you mean went, the, the security guards didn't get killed. No, one only got the killed. president got killed. <laughs> yeah. Which leads me to believe it was a bit of an inside job. That's my yeah. uh, little little brain. Potentially. Um, all right, let's bring TJ into the show. TJ is a great uh, stand-up comedian based in New York City from Haiti, uh, moved to the U.S. in 2008, family still in Haiti. He has a stand-up special out right now, which you can watch on Amazon Prime called January 3rd. Everybody, welcome. TJ, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you for having me. So it's really fun watching you guys trying to figure it out. <laughs> How did we do? Yeah, you did pretty good. All right. You did your research, and it's uh, at the beginning. You said, "Oh, everybody did the Haiti episode a month ago," and then you're just doing yours now. But you may have not waited long enough because we still don't know who killed the president. Oh, we don't so know. You might have to do another Haiti episode. We're going to figure it out today, and this this hour we're going to break it down. Figure it out. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll, 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 we're going to make yeah. you decide by the it's end a, of this hour. We're playing Clue. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> So who? So let's start with the night of the attack. It was July seventh, and just what happened on that? Like, how did these guys get in? Well, the whole thing is very strange. But the information we have right now is that, I mean, if you watch any any head job, any movie, you know the guys who kill the person. Those guys are never really the guy who killed the person. Those guys sure. are people paid to do it. Now, you know, from what we heard from the first lady, uh, she, she got hit and then I guess she played dead, which is very smart, you know? And uh, she heard that they were looking for something. And they kept going, is that it? Is that it? Is that it? And then 
ultimately they were like, oh, yeah, that's it. So they found the thing they were looking for. And she said she doesn't know at all what it is. So they found the thing. And then they got to the president. And then they were on the phone. And they were like, yeah, it's a, it's a skinny, skinny dude, tall, black. And then they were like, yep, that's the guy. And then they killed him. So clearly they were there to kill the president. They just wanted to make sure it wasn't a mistake. You know, it's like, oh, we didn't kill the one of the security guards who was posing so as the president. The, the, the guy who was sleeping the with the first lady. They never decided to like Google maybe what the president right. would look like. Maybe in show advance. up with a fucking Instagram account. <laughs> you know, like when okay. we do like when there's like red carpet events, the people who work outside, they have these like face. They call It's like a, a piece of paper with pictures of everyone important to let in. Right, like right. they didn't have a picture with the guy. <laughs> it's this a, a very yeah. weird thing. Yeah. And what do we know about? Is it true? No, n- none of the security. And he lives in a gated community, or he did live in a gated community. Yeah, he lived so, in a compound because he has a lot of enemies. But I don't think we knew that he was a target for murder. That's the first time that that's happened in the entire history. Well, not the entire history, but in at was, least 75 years. Yeah, 1915, they said. Almost 100, over 100 years. 1915 yeah. was the last time a president of Haiti was murdered. Right. So that's not something anybody thought was going to happen. The U.S. has had a president murdered more recently. Than yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Give us a little credit here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> USA. <laughs> USA. <laughs> Convertible car. Yeah. So they didn't. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody saw this coming. And there was no like like Kaplan was saying this. If you're going to have a an inside job and you want to make it look like a real none inside job there should at least be somebody that gets sacrificed like if the security guard was in on it and they wanted people to think they weren't there should have been some exchange of fire or somebody got got hit in the arm you know in the leg something just right to something make heroic it. right it's like oh i tried to save the president and they shot me in my liver oh here i am dying it's like none of that nothing <laughs> happened everybody was fine they got in killed the president and got out which is like, what? And did they get, how far did they get before they were arrested? Because they were arrested, right? Yeah, I think they've arrested so far about 40 people. That's crazy. So there were 40 yeah. on the night or are they somehow? Was it 40 on the night? They just kept rounding up people yeah. that might have something to do with it that were connected to the people on the night. And it's uh, Colombians and Venezuelans. And some of them were part of the Haitian police force. And some of those guys were trained by U.S. military. There's a whole lot of stuff to unpack. with it. It's pretty weird. Yeah, it's a wild case. So. I guess let's start talking about the president. I was reading about him and what makes this trick. It's not like such a um, it's not such a clear case. There's grayers because the president wasn't necessarily the most liked guy, as you said. Right. No, no, he was not. So what how did he come to be president in the first place? What I read is that he's from the north. And a lot of the establishment, he's like an outsider. And a lot of the establishment of his po- politicians are from the South. What's the difference <laughs> between the North and the South? Well, the, the South has a lot of the bourgeois type of Haitians. A lot of them tend to be light-skinned. They have a lot of generational wealth. So they tend to have the power and just keep it between themselves. And a lot of them live in Port-au-Prince, the capital. And that dude was, you know, he was a 
popular guy who had great ideas, but a lot of his ideas would contradict what the powerful people want. And those people, they've been running Haiti and making all the money for a long time. So if you come in and try to fuck with their money and their power, best believe there's going to be some resistance. So part of him being unpopular was mainly because of that, because he was fucking over those people, because he was kind of a man of the people. He wanted to do stuff that would benefit the average Haitian. And those people don't really care about the average Haitian. So there's, there was a lot of machinations to make him look like a bad guy. And he wasn't the most popular guy with some of the people either. But I don't think he was an evil guy. Okay. How, yeah. did, the, how did the people, how did the bourgeois class get power in the first place? Uh, well, how much time do we have? <laughs> yeah, is that a long, that's, is that a long one? The history of Haiti. dissertation so about the history of any country, you know? <laughs> Well, uh, some of it has to do with uh, financial and economic power, you know? Yeah. If you have the money, it's just, that's a truism anyway. If you I mean, I guess the money, if you're near you a control port, everything. Like in any country, the, the cities near the port are the wealthy countries because they can that's control right. That's how That's right. Yeah. yeah. You control the money, you control the ports, you control the entryways where money can be made, then you control everything. Yeah. And those guys have been doing that forever. And uh, some of them are not... That's also a tricky thing. It's a source of contention in Haiti. Some of those guys are not Haitian in the sense of the Haitian because they've been in the country for at least 100 years and they speak the language, but they're not original Haitians. So that's why you'll see a lot of the powerful people in Haiti are very light-skinned. Some are straight-up white. Uh, There was a lot of Syrians and Lebanese and people from that area that came to Haiti a while ago. And these people are very skilled in commerce. So they were able to consolidate and just run a lot of stuff in the country. And that power became very strong over a long time. So once you have that, it's basically a dynasty. They marry each other. uh, They keep the money between each other. And they basically control all the politicians like puppets. Yeah. I had no idea there was an immigration there was like immigration from Europe to Haiti. Yes. Yeah. It happened in the early 1800s, very early wow. on. Before it was a country, right? Before it was independent, you mean? Or- well, even after. Some yeah. of it happened before, but most of it happened after. Wow. Oh. And so yeah. he didn't come from this. He's, a, and no, how do I say he's his called the Banana Man? Was his nickname? How do I right? say his name? Jovenel Moise. Jovenel Moise. Jovenel Moise. Jovenel Moise. He did not come from that class. And uh, he, he was known, yes, you're right. He was known as the banana man. That was his platform. <laughs> like, I'm just going to plant a lot of bananas. That's how we're going to get this country on track. Bananas, baby. <laughs> he was Very a plantation school. manager, right? <laughs> a banana plantation. Plant- yes, yes. Bananas will set you free. Amazing. <laughs> what was, uh, who was, who was our, we had a president who was a peanut farmer. What was his name? Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. Yeah, Carter life. was your peanut yeah, guy. Yeah, lived him. <laughs> yeah. But right, yeah, because so his wife was referring to I was reading. She referred to the people he was up against as oligarchs, I guess. And that's what you mean, like the rich. Because I didn't think because right. I know Haiti is a very poor country. It's like mm-hmm. so I didn't I never I didn't realize there was so much wealth, in, but just consolidated oh, some people. That's yeah. billionaires. In yeah. Haiti. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I looked him up. He won in 2017, I believe. Was it 16 or 17? Yes. He, he won with 10 percent of the overall population of the country voting for him but only 20 percent of the country voted so he won 50 percent of the votes right 
Why does no one vote? Well, here's the thing, right? Which is why it's very difficult to call Haiti a full-on democracy. Because to have a democracy, you would need to have, I would say, a majority of the population that can read and write and actually go outside and vote. That's already a problem. I would say about 40% of Haitians don't know how to read or write. Mm. So that's already not a democracy if you have 40% of the people not knowing what choice they're making or what's good for them or how to read something that the president wrote and is going to do. So that's a problem. And then to have them actually vote and have their votes count, the 60% that can read and write, that's also difficult because the country is not well organized. So even in America, you guys had like a very serious situation where people thought the election was stolen. So imagine in Haiti, where we're like years behind you guys and we have trouble with this shit. Almost every election in Haiti in the past 20 years, people have contested saying it wasn't real. I mean, most of our insurrectionists could read and write and, and look where they... You know, exactly. Still still exactly. <laughs> so maybe think. reading and maybe writing that was the problem. Up to be. <laughs> yeah, not all it's cracked up to be. Actually. Most Literacy. of them, Kaplan. Most of them. Yeah, but they couldn't read the conspiracy theories if they couldn't read. So. But it does. Oh, yeah. How are they going to supposed to read the Q drops? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is true. If, if only 10% of the people vote for you, then immediately that means 90% you won, but 90% didn't necessarily care or aren't so invested in you. So it immediately becomes hard to maintain power, right? That's right. That's right. Wow. That's it crazy. was a battle. And the thing is, there was this other situation where uh, he, there was, I don't remember exactly what happened, but there was a delay in the, in, in the inauguration. So he became president like, about a year after he got elected. So then they were trying to get him, to, the, men, the, the, the presidential term in Haiti is five years. So technically, four years into his term, that's supposed to be the end of his term because he got in a year after the election. Right. So they were trying to get him to leave to start the new process. But he said, because I got in a year later, I'm going to wait another year to finish my term like I'm supposed to. So that became a huge problem because the opposition and the, the oligarchs, as you call them, the people that were in power, they were like, all right, bro, it's been time. You got to leave now. And he said, yeah. no, I'm not leaving because I still have one year left because I got in a year late. Yeah, so was that was at the source of a lot of uh, riots and, and gang activity because the gangs, they can easily be paid to just, you know, fuck shit up and create instability and turmoil. So there was a lot of that going on prior to the assassination, but we didn't know it was going to lead to an assassination. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. So he's, so there's like the opposition thinks he should leave office. So now the opposition is calling him a dictator because yes. he's not. He didn't want to leave. That's right. He leave in February, was it? It was his term would have been up. Yeah, like they were saying. Yeah, and yeah. And but I did no see election. That the U.S., yeah. uh, which I don't know how much this matters, but the U. Well, I guess it might matter. But the U.S. said that, kind of like, deci decided on their own that he should be able to stay an extra year, but also said that they should have elections 
soon. Which I didn't understand. Maybe I read that incorrectly. He'd be inaugurated a year later, I guess, is what they were saying. Just like what happened to him. Yeah, I guess they wanted him to stay for the extra year and then have elections while he's president. So then he can conduct the passing of the torch to whoever gets elected. Okay. Yeah, so we he have, have not been reelected though. They don't have. Do they have term limit? I mean, can he run again, or could he have run again? Or uh, you can run again, but you can't run immediately after your term. Uh, you have okay. to wait another term, and then you go again. And then there were yeah. also um, sticking with him for a minute. In two, there was in 2017, there was reports that he stole millions of dollars from a, a an, an aid fund that was coming to Haiti from Venezuela. Um, uh, yeah, seems like corruption. Yeah. What happened there? And also, is this something that's just n- normal? Does this happen with every politician? Well, it's what happened there is very tricky. It's it's called uh, Petro Caribe. I don't know if you've heard. Petro Caribe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So it's basically this fund of financial aid. A couple, I don't remember the exact number, but it's it's a large sum, a couple of million, like several million dollars. I think more than fifty million dollars from uh, Venezuela and maybe another South American country. That was supposed to help with uh, petrol in the country, with building some infrastructure, building a couple of uh, sports stadiums, building some roads. And that money came and nothing happened. Mm. Now, if you're president, that happens under your administration. People are going to rightfully believe you took that money. Yeah. But apparently the contracts that were given out with the money to build all those you know, systems, obviously the contracts are given to the people who can build those and the people who can build those are, guess who? The people in charge of all the power in Haiti. Yes. So they just weren't, they weren't building. They collected the money and didn't do shit. (laughs) And now that led to like this massive protest. I was actually very proud to see so many young Haitians get on social media trying to ask for the money. There was a really long movement that lasted a whole month for people like, hey, we need to get the money. We need to find the money because the people have been struggling for too long. The people are suffering and the rich just took all the money. Uh, I don't think it it, it kind of got a lot of people talking. I don't think it led to anything. We still don't know where the money is. Uh, I, I don't think the president took the money. I think the people in charge of the country's power and financial systems took the money. So you think that even though he was president, he wasn't totally in charge? No, it's it's very rare that the president is. The president generally is a figurehead. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, in this case, though, from what I read, he had been over the last year. So what happened where there was only, they were saying that there was no Congress anymore or legislature or something like that. He had like one by one gotten rid of elected officials. Was I reading that right? And that Supreme wrong? Court justices, I believe. He got rid of a few of those. Yeah, I I don't know exactly what happened there, but I remember hearing about it. I didn't read enough about it because I don't know, I'm I'm here and I'm I have to spend my time between those two worlds, like trying yeah, to totally <laughs> in America and also staying in touch of exactly what's happening back home. So uh, well, we've just been cramming the last couple of days reading about this. Yeah, yeah. But from what it seemed like, he had been. <laughs> Kind of one by one, getting rid of elected officials within the country to the point where there are no mayors anymore. Did I read that right? Let's make sure by getting rid. He's not murdering. Right? He's no, 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 no. But getting rid of removing <laughs> them, them out from of power. Yeah, yeah. Getting them out of office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. 
There's I think he was doing it in an in an in a in a way in sort of like I want this government to be efficient. You guys are not getting anything done, so why have you? Yeah, wow. but he yeah. wasn't putting anyone in in their place, and then he created a like a CIA type an intelligence agency, a new intelligence agency for dissent. Was it to last year just- or early this year that only he controlled? Yeah. I guess the picture we're painting is eventually he had a lot of enemies. Yes, he made a lot of enemies, a lot of enemies. I mean, I read that one of the Supreme Court justices he removed, he removed her because he accused her of plotting a coup on him. So he he saw this coming, I guess. He thought it was maybe not murder. He knew something was brewing. Yes, (laughs) he knew something might happen. He just didn't think it would get killed. She's now under arrest, by the way, as one of the. Yeah. Also, I read those articles. So it was in February where he arrested the lady for um, the Supreme Court justice for plotting a coup. And all the articles I read, these are from like international media. They all Mm. made him seem paranoid. (laughs) <laughs> for yeah. arresting her and he, now it's like well maybe oh, well. he had a point <laughs> maybe, he should, maybe his intelligence was a real failure they just thought it was a coup it was actually yeah, like, oh. I mean, paranoia exists for a reason you know yeah i'm gonna be paranoid Broke. it's nothing and, and i don't know if you guys read about this there's also some dude that got arrested in miami he's a haitian doctor mm-hmm. who had political aspirations and he does actually a picture of him with the haitian president so they kind of knew each other and he's one of the suspects in the murder. He might have paid for it. So we're still figuring that part out. Too. And he's a preacher, right? Yes. Wow. A pastor yeah. and a doctor and, and maybe a murderer. Well, yeah. all good coups yeah. are, um, you know, like Fidel Castro. They were, in, they were in Mexico and then they took the boats over to Cuba. So all good coup, coups start offshore. Oh, yeah. You can't do a coup in, onshore. You got <laughs> yeah. to start somewhere else and then, and then go across the sea. And what about, I want to ask about this guy. What do you know about Jimmy Barbecue? We read about this character. Oh, yeah. He's a gangster who I think uh, was in favor of the president. Was he was of- leading protests. Well, I guess over the last few months, there were pro- there have been protests growing against the president because of corruption and mm-hmm. um, uh, whatever. Uh, the economy's down. Economy's bad. And Jimmy Barbecue is a gangster who was leading pro- counter-protests, almost like in favor of the president-type protests. Mm-hmm. Which is not always a good sign when you have when that's who you count on for your support. But yeah. <laughs> barbecue. It's a great name. It's a great name. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a very colorful man. He's the latest in a long line of almost every... Like, there's always some type of gang that's in charge of the underground shit in Haiti. And... They obviously the gangs, they don't last too long. The leaders, they don't last. You know, we had a very famous one a couple of years ago that finally got arrested and got killed. And Jimmy Bobbick is the latest one. Like the famous gang leader who's the guy that everybody knows. And he's got a lot of loyal members to him, people that will kill for him. Yeah. People that will die for him. There's a lot of that going on. And he's he was the latest guy. And his was interesting because he was pro. The president. A lot of those guys tend to be anti the president because they get paid by the people in power who may not want the president to be in charge. Yeah, but so there would uh, you might assume then that there would be some link between Jimmy Barbecue and the president if he's in possibly favor of the president. possibly possibly. And I would just like to know why. Do you think the name Barbecue is because he liked barbecue or because he barbecue up uh, his enemies? When I don't think it's. I, I think it's because he burned his enemies. We're gonna I don't know. Maybe he's stuffing his face with barbecue one day. And then, hey, Jimmy Barbecue. <laughs> nah. 
right. He's a big right. pig roast guy. <laughs> likes to burn ends. <laughs> did and what and so the link between the the government and the gangs. It seems from what I read, it's that they like if you'll send if you're in if you're in power, you would send gangs in to the neighborhoods of your rivals or your enemies to kind of control the neighborhoods yes basically turn turn people for you if people are against you this gang will go and do that dirty work yeah and find out who's the alpha gang in that area get rid of them and then turn the political like you know just whatever is the mood if it's against you those guys are in charge of turning it for you that's what they do I mean, this cap, this sounds very similar to what, like, the 1960s in America with, with like, our president who got killed. They were closely related. I mean, the way Mafia. gangs were u- used to be used. I don't know if anyone, I don't know if, like, <laughs> it's quite the same. Biden's using Russian gangs. Well, this now. is, like, neighborhood by neighborhood, like, going, in, we didn't, I don't know if we yeah, got down it. Yeah. Maybe and local. Those guys get paid handsomely. It's not a bad way to make a living. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it's a pretty well-organized operation they got going there. All right. Wait for the Netflix series about the president's murder. It's there we go. Be, hopefully I write for it. <laughs> yeah. You can play the president. Let's play this episode is <laughs> here. All right, we're going to take a break. and then. Uh, but before we do, uh, Kaplan, um, yeah. let's talk. Oh, so the World's Smartest Podcast Network. This is us. With the Lost in America, Dr. Andrew Jonesroy with the Ask a Political Scientist podcast, and Andrew Heaton with the Political Orphanage. Someone asked me the other day, oh, who owns the podcast network? I got asked that. Who signed you to this network? Guess what? It's us. <laughs> we no should make up would, a big... <laughs> no <laughs> networks are interested in any of us, so we started our own. So that's we, how it works. We start our own network. That's what you do, kids. So if you up. any of this money, it's going straight to us. Don't think there's any... HBO is not funding us. <laughs> Ka-ching, ka-ching. We're There's no rich, big baby. pockets here. Yeah. It's so. it's very transparent. We're like an indie. Remember when you used to support indie punk labels? Indie. Yeah. That's why. Because you want to get the money straight to the people. So yeah. we're the we're people. Like a, we're. Go to worldsmartestpodcastnetwork.com to check out all of those shows. Now, Kaplan, a word from your local sponsor. All right. We're back. Uh, all right. I want to get into... Who might have been? So you said who might have been? Who who are suspects here? That's what, yeah. Um, and the then Butler. I want to talk about who's the new government. But uh, the suspects you said we already we have that guy in Miami, Leon Charles. Yes. Is that his name? Yes. Oh no no no. Oh yeah, that is no, his no. name. Oh yeah. I think so. Can we double check? I'm not. No, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Leon Charles is the is Haiti's chief of police. Right. You got a comment yes. there. On your note. He he <laughs> is accusing. Christian Emmanuel Sanon. Yes. Okay. Christian Emmanuel Sanon. Yes, that is the guy. That He's is a Haitian guy. doctor who lives and and a um and a preacher who lives in Florida. So, mm-hmm. and what the connection to him is that he what is it? He wanted to run for president. Okay. Yeah, and uh, he thought maybe getting rid of the president might be a good way for him to get it. <laughs> it shows he can get things done. Sometimes yeah, people. I yeah, you got to call your own number sometimes, they say in basketball. Yeah, I mean, if you can kill the president without anybody else getting injured, that's an impressive operation you proved you can run. So, Well, that, that's a good point, though. Whoever this person is, they have to be not only connected but wealthy because you have to pay off all these people. All the but plus, you have to be connected to be able to even get into this. That's right. 
dedicated to find Colombians. Like, where do you even find Colombian hitmen? You got to be yeah. <laughs> 18 Colombian hitmen, two Haitian American hitmen, and 40, 20 other people or something. So, so there's, there's a fairly long, well, I don't know how long, but there's a pretty sizable list of possible people who might have done it. So you have that guy in Florida, uh, Christian Emmanuel Sano. You have that. You have the political opposition. The, yes. the, the political parties that consolidated and said they were against Jovenel and they wanted him gone. So that's an option. And you have the other very obvious option, which is the powerful elite in Haiti who did not want him to fuck up their money and their hold on power. And uh, sort of left field, you have possibly the U.S. Yep. The CIA. Yeah. As we're way, known to do. Old school, though. Real throwback. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done this in a while. Yeah. In, in, a, in an attempt to sort of create more instability and take over Haiti and maybe turn us into a Puerto Rico type of situation. Mm-hmm. Which Haitians are way too proud for. They would fight tooth and nail before they let that happen. Yeah, we were going to make realistic. it the 53rd state. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have that. And now there's been this crazy conspiracy theory on the internet, which I think has no legs, but I have to mention it because people are kind of talking about it, where they're saying the first lady might have been in on it. Oh, boy. She did survive. It's a little suspicious. Right. <laughs> so they were like, she's basically behind it. Or is in on it because one, she survived, and two, she's hoping to run for president. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's really dirty and ugly. It's I mean, I don't, ugly. I don't believe it. You I need some evidence, yeah. Kind of person, but Jesus Christ, it's crazy. And there's two others I've read, two other, two other potential people. But I want to <clears> throw this off you, and you can tell me. Okay. Um, one is the Kaplan just sent me this. The Supreme Court judge, who's now left the country or is in hiding Wendell Cook that uh, Wendell Cook Thelu. I know our friend. <laughs> well, can you spell it out for me? I don't think I've heard of this one, but W E N D E L L E Wendell. Oh, uh-huh. And then last name C O Q dash uh-huh. T H E L O T. This is from, uh, by the way, our source here is the New York post. Which is funny that they're they're taking interest. Wendell Cocktail, yeah. And she's now on the run because they're trying to arrest her. Uh, It is alleged that she met personally with the Colombian mercenaries who killed the president. Mm. Twice. Mm. Maybe to discuss the law, Supreme Court case law. She had won their opinion on something. (laughs) Maybe she had a trip planned to... (laughs) Medellin. Just vacation, yeah. (laughs) You wanted to see what beaches were nice. That that um, one is it's an option, but I didn't I didn't know much about that one. But one well, she had a motive. Who being fired yeah, her, so. she does she does? Oh, she had been uh, fired. Oh yeah, he had fired her in in February or March. Right? That's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And then the last would be I just read this as a country, but I don't know what the connection would be. But it's Venezuela. Well, <laughs> it wasn't just Colombians. So there's Colombians and Venezuelans. Okay. Uh, the hitmen. So there were people from two different countries. So I, I don't know what Venezuela would gain because they helped, like the, the, the money we talked about, Petro Caribe, 
they give some of that money to Haiti. So I don't yeah, know why, yeah. if you're trying to help a country lift itself, you would murder their president. I don't know. Venezuela might need the money back now. So maybe yeah, that's they have it. their own problems. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> <their> payback. <laughs> Coming up soon in Lost in America, future episodes. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah. It's so with the US, the CIA angle, um, it would be an odd time for us to want to go take over Haiti, I would think. Yeah. When's yeah. Biden's number one move? I don't think coming in. And- yeah. It would be weird. It would be very weird. You got a lot of shit to figure out. You got a global pandemic. You got a president who may not last the full term. There's a lot of shit going on. Sure. So it would be, we're taking on new homework in the middle of like studying for a final is what it would be. Yeah. Doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And then all, and then, um, and then you have this guy in Miami. So if they decide it is the guy in Miami, is there any way for the Haitian government to come over and arrest him? Or is he? They would ask the U.S. to send extradite. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's part of the diplomacy between two countries that are friends and allies. They would send that guy to Haiti. They would work. Okay. They would do it. But it it did seem like we were reading that the police, like they did a really sloppy job with the evidence at the scene. It seems like it was a type of thing where it, it's a very deep case where they're trying to not be solved. Oh, I feel immediately, like. this investigation yeah. sounds like it's corrupted from what I've read. Like, oh, I almost have no hope that we will solve this. It'll just yeah. become a mystery. Okay. I mean, they've arrested two. I, I saw they detained like two of the heads of the like Secret Service types as well. Like, because I mean, they're just assuming I think people are involved, but I don't know what evidence they have. So we'll. Well, and the lead tuned. investigator, the first lead investigator, started investigating it on July 7th. By July 9th, he quit the investigation and has been in hiding ever since. Because <laughs> people are trying to kill him. Yeah, somebody probably threatened his life because he was shedding light on things people don't want out. That's how yeah, dirty yeah. it is down there. It's legit some narco shit. Yeah. Mm. And so now, who are the yeah, possibilities? So it could be any of these countries. We'll probably never figure it out. Um, who... Who are the possible, like, where does the country go from here? Because it, Moise was the president, but also kind of had an authoritarian tendency, maybe. I mean, you could say just in the fact that there weren't a lot of, he had gotten rid of a lot of the other government officials in the country. So yeah. then he's dead. And now there's kind of nobody left. Well, take right over. Now, there's a prime minister. Because in okay. Haiti, we have, instead of vice president, we have a prime minister, which is the second man in charge. Okay. Of the country. And so that guy basically assumes power as I'm I'm interim president. Yes. And so oh, guy, another another possible mm-hmm. suspect, but I want to know what you think. So this guy Claude Joseph, who was the interim yeah. president, yeah. his interim tag, he was supposed to the day that the president got murdered, his interim thing was supposed to end and Ariel. <laughs> In Henry was supposed to be the the prime minister, right? Yes. yes. Interim prime minister. Prime minister. Yeah. So then would Claude Joseph be a suspect because he's like, I'm going to kill that guy before my interim tag ends? Easily. I mean, does power makes people do very strange things, man? Yeah. It's very possible. So who's now fighting for power? I saw I watched a bit of the um, or maybe it was on the news. I saw the, the funeral when it happened. Mm-hmm. And that seemed like chaotic. To me, um, yeah, you had the American government was there, but they left midway through the funeral. Um, yeah, the, the the first lady was there. There was a lot going on, and uh, 
it was just something you try to do it to give the semblance of normalcy, like, oh, we're going to, you know, give him a nice send off. But it does just too much tension brewing underneath or there's too many people pointing fingers at each other. Just too much going on for that to be a regular. Decent, well, the first you know. lady was accusing people during her speech, her funeral speech. She was saying, like, we all know who did it. They're sitting here. They're in this assembly right now it's like when there's a mob uh, like and like yeah, you see like the sopranos yeah. or something and they, <laughs> they, they, they show up at the funeral the guy they Why? you're right yeah. this netflix show is gonna be amazing <laughs> oh it's gonna be great it's gonna be yeah. great <laughs> but the first yeah <laughs> and yeah oh I, I mean also her i don't even know how she feels comfortable showing up in public like, i mean totally. she must be terrified for her life yeah i think she did an interview with cnn where she they did not disclose the location they just got people there like blindfolded so that it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Well, she went. They went to Miami originally, right afterwards, and then she came. Yeah, back she went to Miami. Day. I think the day after the murder for for some health, you know, just to get yeah. her. It'd bruises. be amazing if she goes to Miami to escape, and then the guy that killer the doctor in Miami and just kills her there. <laughs> He's the doctor on. No. <laughs> so who's fighting for power now? We have a pri- they have a prime minister, Ariel Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, does it seem like there's going to be elections soon, or have they gotten that far? Well, that's the only that's the only thing I think that's the smart thing they should do if they sort of want to create some stability. You got to have elections almost as soon as possible to give the people some hope of democracy resuming. Otherwise, if you keep that guy in power for too long, the same stuff is going to rise to the surface and the people are going to take the streets again asking for justice. And they're going to ask for a new president. So I think the smart thing to do politically, at least, is have elections, get the people to present their candidates, whoever they think is going to be the next president, and then have that done as soon as possible so we can have some sort of transition and forget this crazy, crazy thing that happened. My gosh. And it's the the opposition to Moise when he was alive were that was growing was that there was these young idealist people yeah. who wanted a real democracy. Right. Yes. Yes. And then there was the old oligarch establishment people who just wanted the power back, wanted yeah. him out so they could get it back. And it seemed yeah. like those two sides were never going to, even though they both wanted the same thing, they were never going to come together. They both want him out of office, but now that he's gone from not the way, you know, Oh yeah, that, that's not going away. That that fight will be there <clears throat> for as long as Haiti is there because the young people, the, the like college educated, uh, very smart and very enterprising, and they dream of a better Haiti. Like this is their country. Like they see it as we want this country to be better. We know it has the potential to be better than it is. But the people in power, those people, I don't think they see themselves as. I don't think they have any loyalty. They basically, this is a place for me to make money. Most of them, their children come study in the States. They have a second or third house in Miami. Yeah. A lot of them, they work in Haiti during the week and then they fly privately and come spend the weekend in the U.S. So they're not really connected to the country. It's just a place for them to make a massive amount of money. And the politicians do not stand in their way. There's no laws that prevent them from doing whatever they want. So they just run, make the money, and leave. So now you have those guys, and then you have the young, university-educated Haitians who want a country that 
respect the rules of law and the people can make a decent living. So it's it's like unstoppable. What's the saying? A movable object meets an unstoppable force. It's yes. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, I was re- like I was reading like the like the population of Haiti is about eleven million. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, there's like one million over one million Haitians in America. So yeah, is it, there's like a situation where like do the most of the young educated is like just like a situation where you just come to America because they have better life and then maybe go yeah. back. So how do you? Yeah, I mean, when I when I was a kid, I actually legit thought I would I could be president of Haiti. It's a good thing you didn't do that. And then I grew up <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm gonna tell jokes instead. I <laughs> this is much better for my sanity and possibly my life. So, did you yeah. start comedy in the U.S. or in Haiti? In the U.S. Okay. Yeah. And, and do you do it when you go back? Is there a, is there a, scene, a comedy scene when you go back to Haiti? They, they tried to build a scene, actually, and I was very proud of them. In 2018, I went there and we had a festival. They brought a couple of French-speaking comedians uh, from Belgium and from France, and they met up with a bunch of Haitians, and we did this really cool festival. And, you know, obviously, because of the nature of it, it was in parts of the country where only the rich could afford it. Sure. That kind of sucked. But overall, it was a pretty cool thing to do, just stand up as an art form to bring it to Haiti, where, you know, it's a very new thing. You know, Haitians, the idea of comedy is more slapstick. You dress up and you do, you know, farcical stuff. But Mm -hmm. to do stand up where just a guy on a microphone and talking to people, I, I... I was very lucky to be a part of it. And that was the last one they did. I think they did two editions. So hopefully when things calm down, they could do it again. I would love to go and do it again. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, I I know Haitian American comedians, isn't it? Like Wilson Vince and Ruben Paul in Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're great. I you're I'm trying to think of other Haitian comedians I know from Haiti. And I don't know of any. I mean, there's there's actually someone we spoke to, I think, still in Haiti, maybe. But um, the scene, is it still pretty small in Haiti? or like? Yeah, it's pretty small. And uh, there's very good comedians in Haiti. Uh, there's a guy named Kako Bujoli, who's very good. Uh, there's uh, Georges, there's Afistol. There's a bunch of guys who do it. And then you have the guys who are Instagram famous. They okay. don't really do stand up, but they got massive popularities on Instagram. There's a yep. guy named Atis Punch. There's a couple of guys in that scene, but they they don't do stand up. So there's a scene there, but it needs to be nurtured and so it can grow into what it could be. Yeah. Yeah. And where did you start? I started in New York City. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. I, I moved to New York. Uh well, I came to the to the US and I went to school in Long Island. And then I, I, I spent two years there, dropped out of college, and I traveled America a little bit, worked in different parts of it, and then decided I wanted to be a stand-up. And I thought, I have to start in the place where stand-up is the hardest, and it will make you the strongest. So I went back to New York City and started in 2012. Wow. I mean, yeah. that's, that's great. I, I, don't, I moved here in 2016, and I've been doing it for five or six, six years, I guess, five or six years. And I was just like, so I'm like, I don't know how it's on one hand, it's a really smart idea to start in New York because like you're making friends in the comedy world kind of right away. I don't know how many of those people still do it a few years later. You yeah, know? But, but it's very you know, difficult. On the start. other hand, it would I would have been too, like so scared to. Yeah, so difficult because 
if you, any other city or country or place in the world where you start, you do open mics and there's an audience. Yes. Like I started in Shanghai. I used to live in China for a long time. And there's like, Oh, that's where you started. Yeah, that's where I started. In English or in, in Mandarin? In English mostly. Yeah, in English. Okay. I did I would do some every once in a while in Chinese, but my Chinese my Chinese I could speak it, but on stage <laughs> telling jokes, I was not that good. Yeah, it's a different thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh but they, we would have like 30, 40 people come just to watch our open mic. You know? Yeah, it was it was mind blowing to me when I would meet comedians from let's say DC or, yeah. or Connecticut or Jersey, and they would be like, "Who do you guys do these open mics for?" They're like, "Oh, sometimes we have three hundred people at an open mic." Yeah, and I'm like, "Are oh, you kidding me? It's just me and twelve other comedians, each looking at their notes while you're on stage trying to tell your jokes." I know it, it's a nightmare when you start here, but then it makes you stronger. How long did it take to get to bounce out of that? To bounce out of the open mic world? I'm just fascinated by the New York City open mic world because I wasn't. Uh, I went really hard for my first two years from 2012 to 2014. I would do three, four mics a night. Wow. And you had to pay for them because most of them yeah. weren't free. Oh, I forgot about Five dollars a mic. So my open mic budget sometimes was like a hundred bucks a week. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. But then you if you do it hard enough and then you start to get comfortable on stage and people start noticing you, then you graduate. I think from early 2014, I started to graduate from open mic to bar scene. So I would mm -hmm. do both of those neck and neck. Yep. And then you keep doing that. And I would say maybe 2015, 2016, I started to get into some clubs. So then there was more freedom where we didn't have to do as many open mics anymore. And then you start getting paid a little bit. So you get you started yeah. to get more confident in your stuff. So then I would do mics maybe once a month if I wanted to go and try something out. Wow. So you were still doing open mics when you were doing the clubs. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But you're you just making by not having to spend a hundred dollars, you're making money. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's not negative anymore. Yeah. <laughs> into the positive <laughs> that's crazy so um are you a comedian kaplan uh i play one once every 18 months but no Cap we did <laughs> at our live podcast the other day kaplan did a set but he's done I three did. sets in his life my third set of my life so here you go go few few i don't have that hundred dollar open mic budget right at the moment so. <laughs> <laughs> gotta save up for that we need more patreon subscribers <laughs> kaplan was saying to me the other day he's like Oh yeah, how am I supposed to tell like my wife I went out for the night and I only got paid twenty bucks to do stand up? And I was like, get paid twenty bucks. That takes like a decade to get paid twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah, bro, come on, you should be proud of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you talk to her. Put Getting her paid right takes a long time. It's the opposite. You're gonna be paying money to perform for a while. <laughs> so does there seem like the if there was an election, did like the young does the younger the group you were talking about? Do they have some type of candidate to put forward? Or is yeah, it, is there a face uh, of the future? As like, of there now, hope? I don't know exactly what they have, but I would assume they will either bring their own person or find someone that they can rally behind. TJ. We have a new uh, suspect in the case. So this podcast will explode <laughs> if you run for president. We need to get someone elected. And one, maybe not Haiti, but one of our countries. We do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No, I'm good. I'm good on that. I don't. I don't have those dreams. Those are crazy. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it, it sounds dangerous too. How? And yeah. I mean, with COVID, how's COVID doing down there at the moment? It's not. It's not good still, or? Uh, it's 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 fine, which is a good thing because if we got overwhelmed by COVID, we would be fucked. Because we can I curse on this? You guys are free yeah. at work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We would be fucked because we don't have the infrastructure to deal with overwhelmed hospitals. Right. So luckily for us, I don't know if it's because we're an island that's somewhat removed from a lot of international travel. And uh, maybe I don't, that's probably not scientific, but the fact that it's hot and people are always out in the sun getting vitamin D, maybe that helped. But there were very few people who died from COVID in Haiti. So that was very nice. I did read that like a lot of Haitians work, I guess, in Dominican Republic and then lost jobs because they lost so much tourism. Yeah. That's been, that's been one of the hits on the economy that hopefully as American, as Americans start going back to club bed and on our cruises and everything, we can start getting the economy <laughs> going around. Yep. We vaccinated. So <laughs> cruise ship time. Cruise ship time. Uh, yeah, you missed all right. that. <laughs> TJ, thanks so much, man. Thanks for doing this show. Thank you for having me. So as we didn't so we didn't solve the case, huh? That's now now I don't <laughs> think neither they, neither will they. It's not just us. I don't think anybody will. If they do, I mean, I'll do an update. Do. Yes. Come if back. they do, I'll have I'll be happy to come back and just get all the ins and outs of whoever did it. If Maybe it's this Miami solve- guy that's gonna this Miami preachers, that's gonna be wild. Yeah, this is like knives out knives out Haitian president version. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. You're saw you seen that movie? I have, I've, I think I have, yes. Although it's a classic whodunit murder where there's like seventy-eight twists in it. So we got to get that guy. Go to Miami. Turner used to went to school in Miami. He knows a lot of people. Go out, find this guy in Miami, get him drunk. All right, and, uh, I'll yeah, talk to my people. The I'll talk to the upper management at the University of Miami and see what we can do. <laughs> All right, that's it, TJ. Thanks so much, man. Everybody, check out his uh, special on. Amazon right now called January 3rd. And it's it's because of your birthday. We found out, right? That is right. It's not a, not yes. no play on January 6th. Nothing it to do is with not that. Ooh, nothing to dude. do with the three days. Right. You're born three days early. It's imagine being born on January 6th. It's, it would be, it's like being born on nine 11. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I don't know. I guess one was, I don't know. One is worse. Than I, the I don't know if they're the same. <laughs> <laughs> one was probably worse than the other. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, Kaplan. What should we do? <laughs> that note, let's get lost. Get lost. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker. 
engineering your success.